ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Are You Kidding Me Show podcast. Uh, we're back here at Studio 84. My name is Matt. This is Super Dave. Super Dave Evans here. Glad to be back with you. Again, if you're just joining us, we're just a couple of friends that love movies, TV, music, and entertainment. Lots of stuff. <laughs> and we uh, enjoy talking about it, for sure. Uh, this week's episode, we're bringing to you uh, the best movies that you would find in the $5 movie bin or $7 Blu-ray. At either your favorite uh, big box retailer like Wally World or uh, uh, Target or any of those other Best Buy or any just about anywhere. It, it amazed me as we started looking into this how cheap movies have gotten, and there are some great movies. I'm just going to barely scratch the surface on my list because uh, I love a lot of different movies, and now a lot of those movies are extremely affordable to buy. Well, in doing some of the the, the thought process in building this list, I, I was looking at back at. Um, the ones that I've personally found, and then also ones that I were, uh, I, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you used to go to the, the, the restaurants, and, and you'd ask your mom or dad for a quarter to play the game, and then mm-hmm. it had the claw. Oh, yeah. I think the movie bin is like the claw, yeah. because you never know what you're going to get, and it's usually not the one you want. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've spent 30 minutes looking at a bin of... of uh, what well, seems like hundreds of movies, but essentially there's five movies in the bin, too. Yeah. So sometimes you get that, you know. There's 40, 40 of one particular, you know, Ishtar, whatever there may be in there, you know. Yeah, now I also uh, called out in this particular episode, I called out the combo movies. Oh, I gotta give a love, shout out to the love. combo movies. Great call. I, I didn't even think to mention that. Great call. Go ahead. My favorite is, you know, like Bloodsport, oh. Jean Claude Van Damme, and like Monaco Forever. Yeah. Well,. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they put like there's a, there's a sequel and the sequel's not good enough to buy but you'd watch it if it came for free kind of no additional charge with the first movie or something like that or like four Stallone movies like the four that he made that weren't very good at all or something and they're all mama. together and it's kind of don't yeah. shoot my mom or yeah, don't yeah, yeah, stop or my mom yeah, will shoot that's anything like... where my mom will shoot that kind of thing but uh, you know that way you can afford to buy them and, and at a price point a lot of times like five bucks I mean you know you just can't beat that even if you just sit around and make fun of the movie and you break the DVD in well, and you talk about the cost I mean when uh, I remember Betamax and VHS and, and Laserdisc Laserdisc for you wow. older folks out <laughs> yeah. there yeah and you know the beta wars. <laughs> Remember the beta wars. The thought process was: Is this a movie that I'll watch over and over again? Yeah. Otherwise, it's not worth spending the money. Well, people would even say, "Why would you want to watch the same movie over and over again?" Well, I've spent a lot of time watching the same movies over. Yeah. And over again. I mean, I don't know if you can wear a DVD out, but we're getting close. We're getting there. <laughs> a lifetime. That's right. So, Dave, I'm going to let you kick off the list with your 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 uh, and again in okay. no particular order. No particular order. Uh, although I do kind of save the best for last, so I guess there's a little bit of an order. <laughs> so, uh, $5, huge price point at uh, Wally World. I saw a lot of great movies. But I went to the uh, now a very affordable Blu-ray bin. I went to the Blu-ray bin, 788 This movie was 788 And some of these even contain digital uh, copies, which I'm kind of getting into that. I think that's kind of cool to have a digital copy on there. All right, for 788 I, I went with the family entertainment, pulled out the, uh, the I, I dug way down into the bin and pulled out 1991's Hook, Robin Williams. Wow. <laughs> I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. So Hook was just screaming for 788 on the Blu-ray. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. What's your thoughts? Well, uh, I mean, the fact that you were able to get that deep down in the bin. It was pretty far it, in there. <laughs> on Blu-ray, no yeah, less. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that's a find. 
And especially now with uh, the passing of Robin Williams, yeah. does that increase the value at all? Or it just might. Sometimes uh, when somebody passes like that, it almost makes the movie a little tougher to watch. But after a little time has passed, and you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, what a what a great entertainer. But Hook was such a great movie and had some uh, some big time actors in there. And and of course, some of these movies we're if you haven't seen, we're giving you a little bit of a we're we're just going to preface this with a spoiler alert. But uh, the, the premise of this, uh, Robin Williams' film, you know, he's the adult Peter Pan, and, and he forgets that he's Peter Pan, blah, blah, blah. His kids get uh, kidnapped by, you know, Captain Hook, and he's off to Neverland. So, you know, not a real complex storyline, but you got to kind of buy into it. But uh, Dustin Hoffman as Hook, that's quite a deal. I mean, that's that's worth five bucks, if you ask me. Well, seven eighty eight on the Blu-ray. Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman in the same film. I mean... It, Julia Roberts. Also, Tinkerbell is Oh, in there. I, I forgot she was Tinkerbell. It's a small that. role. Yes, it's well. Small, yeah, Tinkerbell, small role. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually a really weird uh, version of uh, Tinkerbell, if you, if you get a chance to watch. But I tell you, who, who stole several of the scenes, if you're stealing scenes that you're in with Dustin Hoffman, that says a lot for who you are. Bob Hoskins is in this movie. He plays oh, for right. me that's and right. just, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say steals the show because he doesn't upstage Hoffman that much, but... Uh, I loved him in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but that was a very accomplished actor. And and here's here's where I will sound totally uh, also gone uh, too soon. Yeah, and 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 that's what I was going to say. I, that's exactly where I was going with that. Is that uh, uh, I feel kind of heartless because I didn't remember that uh, Bob Hoskins had already passed away. And I'm and I'm and I'm uh, reading about the movie and I'm and I'm uh, uh, going over a couple things and, I, and I'm like, he died in about this time last year, I guess in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where was I? I missed that. So. Uh, that was, that's a that's a great movie. A lot of great uh, story. Good family entertainment. Uh, and and I guess I had forgotten that was directed by Steven Spielberg. I don't know where I missed that. I had totally forgotten that. So in in keeping with uh, uh, Are You Kidding Me format, we're going to say uh, Julie Roberts, Steven Spielberg, and Dustin Hoffman. If you're listening. Give us a shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us a ring. We'll well, and another talking. one that's included in this production that I, you know, just sometimes I just forget when you when you uh, you see so many movies and sometimes you'll put it all together. But John Williams did the score, which oh, John Williams well, saw the He did the score, so it's going to be a great movie. But John Williams, I know you're busy working on the new uh, Star Wars films and stuff, but man, give us a call. And and also uh, a throw out to this guy. I guess you pronounce his name Dante Brasco. Uh, he'd been in a few things. There may be people that know him a whole lot better than me, but he's the guy that, that played the kid uh, Rufio. And uh, Rufio was the one that was uh, kind of in charge while Pan was away and didn't want to give up the leadership. Oh, okay. Rufio kind of makes the movie. Rufio. So that was my that was my pick of the bin from Blu-ray. So uh, what you come up with? Okay, so for my pick, uh, I'm going to have to go with one of my favorite directors, Francis Ford Coppola, okay, and... Um, Gonna be edgy. <laughs> well, hey, listen, you know, um, but it's also a, a, a classic uh, coming-of-age story, The Outsider. Oh, yes, and actually, I saw that in the bin and uh, had recently just watched that. We own that movie, and, and, and almost pulled that as one to talk about as a great uh, value and deal. Uh, look at the list of actors that are in that that go on to do even better things. But what a what a great great uh, movie! Oh yeah, The Outsiders. I mean, uh, I've read the books. Um, uh, the The Outsiders uh, being the book, and yeah. then there was a follow up or sequel to that, which is a whole other episode that we have on on sequels. Yeah. But um, there it was a follow up to that called um, That Was Then, This Is Now, which was uh, was also made into a film, but not nearly as well done. 
Um, but I mean, Stay Gold, Pony Boy. I mean, you're oh, talking man. Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe. I mean, just a, a, a who's who of who. And am I can, am I completely mad, or is Leaf Garrett also? Absolutely, uh, he's one of the socias, is what I, they call yeah. the socia yeah. greasers. And, yeah, and you know. he's the one that actually got stabbed. Yeah, the big uh, fight. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. Rumble. So. Um, Actually, I, I love that movie because it was uh, it was like West Side Story and Grease without the musical aspect, and you get the Outsiders. and And I like all those movies independently, but Outsiders, great call. What a great movie! Yeah, I mean uh, uh, Matt Dillon. Uh, oh, Matt Dillon, yeah, was just uh, tremendous in this. I mean, Tom Cruise was even in it. I don't know how. Back when I enjoyed Tom Cruise, he wasn't. <laughs> well, I don't, and I, I, I spent a lot of the movie trying to figure out how they were going to make him look. Like a, a, a greaser, I just uh, yeah. His teeth shone through, if you will. So, yeah, yeah. But Diane Lane as Cherry Valance. I mean, just some really great uh, scenes. Some really uh, great. Uh, you get that many people that can act together, and you get a great storyline, great director. You should have a great movie. So that's something that is uh, that is a that is a, a classic to another level. And then again, uh, I'd argue to say that. There's another one of those where the movie did not do the book, mm. and if you get the chance, read the book. But did not do the book, but the it held up. On was, its own. was this Blu-ray or regular DVD? No, this was regular regular DVD. DVD. Yeah. And so, and but you could get it for five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. How do you not have a night of you know watching Outsiders? Five bucks. Enjoy that. Come on, man. Help the economy and go buy that movie. Stay gold, point yeah. boy. Yeah, I mean, Stevie so. Wonder singing the theme song. Come on. There's nothing wrong with that movie. Everything, <laughs> everything went. So, wrong. what's your next one there, Dave? Well, I went a, a, a light-hearted direction again. You know, I just we, we talked about Hook, and then uh, Outsiders has a, uh, some comedy in it, but it's a definitely serious tone. I went back to one I saw in the theaters way back when, but uh, a lot of the movies from way back when are the ones in the bin. 1984's Blu-ray of. Gremlins, Gremlins, man! How do you go wrong with Gremlins, man? Everybody (laughs) needs to see Gremlins. That should be like a requirement for graduation or something. That's that's the you know instead of reading Shakespeare, sometimes let's let's sit down and watch some Gremlins. So uh, um, I think uh, I thought all this time uh, Gremlins was directed by Steven Spielberg. So. Um, it's funny. I, I guess I give him too much credit. I didn't realize he did Hook, and then and then and then looking into it, find out that he that he uh, he was the director for Hook, but he didn't direct Gremlins, and so I had those kind of reversed. But he was the executive producer, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and Gremlins was directed by Joe Dante, which you know that brings no interest to me. But the thing that I found interesting on that was that Tim Burton was almost going to be the director of Gremlins. Really? But Spielberg wasn't comfortable with Tim Burton because he hadn't done a feature film yet. So I'm saying, let's reboot Gremlins with that dark, edgy Tim Burton, and I'm there. I'm can't wait to watch that. Actually, you say that, and I'm on IMDb as you're talking, and they are rebooting Gremlins. Uh, any, any involvement from Tim Burton? Though? I think he may go see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tim Burton calls. You didn't get that job. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love reboots when they're done well, and even when they're done poorly, I still enjoy them. That's just a great uh, movie. Uh, I saw that with a friend of mine in the theaters, and I was pretty young. And you know, how do you how do you not go out, stop what you're doing, buy Gremlins for seven eighty eight, under eight bucks? You know, they attack the uh, little town of Kingston Falls. There's those uh, three simple rules. Uh, essentially, uh, you couldn't get them wet, no water, no food after midnight, no bright lights, and they they break all the rules basically just immediately with these things. So, uh, 
you never can tell. There might be a gremlin in your house kind of thing. Hoyt Axton. Come on. You know, he Hoyt brings Axton. it home. Come you know, on. Hoyt Axton, you got to love that. It's a weird casting. It's another 80s movie with Corey Feldman in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. again, Corey Feldman is... Corey Feldman just shows up in everything. Whatever right? happened to Zach Galligan, uh, I think Billy Pelter, this is what happened. Uh, he went on to do Gremlins 2, the sequel, <laughs> and I'm not sure at that. And actually, we would stand a pretty good chance of Zach Galligan actually calling us. That, that yeah. one I feel a little better about. And Phoebe Cates is in well, this. Well, and you know, i gotta, I got to tell you, you know, you talk, we, in one of our other episodes, we talk about, you know, who would we have at our dinner table. Yeah. And you, you talked about... Zach Galligan's at your table? No, no, he's actually uh, serving the drink. No, uh, <laughs> Phoebe Cates is was one of my boyhood crushes, and and I mean, I think that was a whole generation. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, and what I thought on this, Phoebe Cates was in this very funny uh, role in how she hates Christmas because her dad, you know, gets stuck in the chimney, and it's it's dark but funny at the same time. But <laughs> the whole movie is that way. But also, uh, the the banker. Uh, that's trying to be the new VP is uh, Judge Reinhold. And so yeah. both of them, you know, Phoebe Cates and Judge Reinhold would later be in From Fast Times. Yeah. And, you know, uh, so it's just a, a really funny uh, scenario. And then, and you got to give props to uh, uh, Howie Mandel. Uh, this, I think, was his pre-germophobic days and stuff, but then he's Gizmo. He's yep. the voice of Gizmo. And yep. so without that, and then he goes on to do Bobby's World, a little cartoon where he does the exact same voice, essentially. But, sure. You know, without, without the voice of Gizmo, how's that take off? So, uh I, one thing I thought about this is this movie is so typical Spielberg because the premise sounds terrible, the lineup doesn't sound that great, the story doesn't sound great. Somehow he makes it work and it becomes iconic. That is Spielberg at his finest. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. you know, go out and get that. What, what else you got? When you, when you go pick up Gremlins, what else do I need to get, Matt? <laughs> well, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Are you kidding me? No, sir. No, sir. Okay, all right. Now, now those of you at home may hear me switching my pages because I had number three. So funny because that was my number four. So we're gonna we're gonna combine. <laughs> Glad that you picked that one. You you take off, and I've got a million things I could say. About so that. obviously, you know, and we've we've talked about uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory before, particularly because of Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. And, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, those of you that are uh, Johnny Depp fans, I'm not a fan of the new one. I'm you know. I'm and see, I like the new one, but I love the old one. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Jack Albertson. Uh, yeah. You know. The Oompa Loompas. I mean, it, this was done, you know, early, early seventies. Uh, uh, yeah, it came out in seventy one. So they were they were in production at a time where technology was. It just. I mean, this is this is pre Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, that tells you something. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the the the, the musical. I mean, Gene Wilder singing a, a song in it. I mean. Well, I. My thoughts was I put in my notes on this movie, not knowing that you were going to cover this, but I put, dare I say it, this movie is what? Scrum diddly umptious. I mean, I had this, and that, you know, in yeah. a day where you get to use the word scrum diddly umptious more than once, you know, yeah. this is my favorite Gene Wilder film, and that is wow. quite the accomplished wow. actor, too. So, yeah. I just, I, I don't know that I've ever seen an actor in a role that looks more natural. I mean, that dude is Willy Wonka. Okay, so you, you just. Uh, I'm going to have to take a double uh, uh, turn on this because you brought up a favorite uh, Gene, uh, yeah, Wilder Gene Wilder role. Yeah. And also in the $5 bin, I have found Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, great. It's great. a great film. Uh, Mel Brooks, 
uh, film. Mel Brooks is a category in himself. I mean, uh, actually, we could so, do a whole Mel and, Brooks. And I, and I like that idea. I'd love to revisit some uh, Mel and, Brooks and Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks you know. and Gene Wilder, if you're listening, sh- give us a shout out. We'd love to hear from you because yeah. sometimes I have to think and I have to stop and, and, and think about which of these guys are still alive and which are not. But I believe both, they are both still, still alive. alive. Yes, sir. <laughs> that helps our shout out. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get. Uh, I love, I love uh, Young Frankenstein in the. And the the actor that plays Frankenstein, now tell me his Peter name. Peter Boyle. Yeah, Peter Boyle, who later would be on Everybody Loves Raymond, and that's where I know him more from. But that that guy can act. And yeah, that is that is a very very comical and, uh, movie. And the late the great black Madeline and white. Con. Oh, Madeline oh, Con yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love that movie. I didn't see that and one. The that late, one very great Marty well. Marty Feldman. Uh, oh, I mean, Marty Feldman. I mean, <laughs> what this way? You talk about a guy that that just could pull off what he was doing. I mean, Marty Feldman, uh, a character actor, obviously, absolutely, what a, what a great. But I, I want to go back to just just step back to Willy Wonka because that is one of my favorites, and it's and it's probably the only time that we'll have the same ones on this list. You were talking about uh, Jack Albertson, uh, also off of uh, Chico, Chico and the Man, Man which we've <laughs> talked about. Chico and the Man, we will be talking about that in an upcoming episode, uh, too. Uh, Jack another great uh, show. But my kids and me, we joke about uh, Grandpa Joe. He spends 20 years in bed. He can't get up. He's in there with Josephine and Grandpa George and Georgina. And then all of a sudden, uh, Charlie comes in. He's got a golden ticket. And, and Joe's up dancing around the floor. So that's a little <laughs> ironic. And all of a sudden, he's got a golden ticket. Yeah. We always think that's kind of funny because he can't get out of bed until he gets motivated by a golden ticket. <laughs> and then and then the Peter Ostrom, who plays uh, Charlie, doesn't go on to do any other movies. Yeah. He got, you know, Dairy Farmer or something. and. What happened in that experience? I mean, that you don't do anything else. I thought that was interesting. So, uh, love, love, Slugworth, Augustus Gloop, Mike TV, uh, Violet uh, Beauregard, Veruca Salt, which uh, later become a band name. You'd hear that. Uh, and and the $5 version I saw, you actually got the DVD commentary, which it, to me is worth the purchase because it's the one where the kids talk about, now they're all grown, they talk about sure. the filming, you find out a lot of stuff. Um, and my, my favorite line, and I could just camp on this movie and talk about this movie for a long time. My, uh, well, there's really two quotes I have from that, but where uh, Gene Wilder is singing and he says, uh, if you want to view paradise, simply re- uh, look around and view it. Anything you want to, do it. Want to change the world, there's nothing to it. You talk about great uh, lyrics for, for kids. But my favorite quote of the entire movie, and, and you know, call me sappy, at the end where Willie tells him they're in the glass uh, uh, Wonka Vader, and he says, and Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he ever wished for. Charlie says, what happened? And he says, he lived happily ever after. That's just, to <laughs> me, one of the great all-time movies. If you do not own Willy Wonka, this is your chance to get it. You need five to go $5 bucks. bin diving. Yeah, what five you need bucks. you got to have that. <laughs> Come on, you got to have that. So, uh, let's go back to you. I, I've only got one more uh, that I'm going to mention, and I'll, and I'll hold off. And we overlapped on that one. So, so what else is in your in your collection? So then I got to also go to one of my other favorite directors, and that's Martin Scorsese. Mm. And so again, going to be edgy, but I found both of these, and I'll I'll, I'll double up on this one because yeah. it's the same director. Raging Bull and Goodfellas. Wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. uh, listen, I thought my day was made when I found Raging Bull for five bucks. Yeah, I haven't seen Raging Bull in years, but I love the black and white concept. The the, the acting is unbelievable. The storyline is, is huge. What a great script. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. There was a, I remember years ago there was a Dick Clark blooper episode that they actually showed, and De Niro was filming a scene, and he had gained all this weight for, for to play the role of Jake LaMotta, 
He's filming a scene in a park somewhere in Florida, and all of a sudden this woman comes up and starts talking to him. Hey, I loved you in The Godfather. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? You gained all this weight. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and you can talk, I mean, uh, as, a, as a, a student of theater and, and acting, um, you know, listening to Robert De Niro talk about how he... he That's a guy who has really studied... Yeah, I he's mean, an accomplished actor, but he has really studied the art. He talks about you know studying uh, animals and, and particularly a bull for for this this part. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a what a tour de force of acting, not only from the standpoint of Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, but Kathy Moriarty. Are and, there any bad Joe Pesci movies? I mean, well, uh, there yeah. probably are. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go too far yeah. on that. That could be a, that could be a whole segment. Yeah. But Joe Pesci. Uh, is is he the best at being terrible, or, or how do I want to say that? But I mean, he just—he he almost looks. I don't know that this guy can act. Is, is kind of my thing. Is I, as I don't think he's acting. I think that's who he is. He becomes that character. Well, it's pretty he's interesting because he really—I mean, up up until uh, Raging Bull, and then you didn't hear from him for quite some time. Between then, because the Home Alone years. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but even uh, before uh, Goodfellas. I mean, you really didn't hear from Joe Pesci, and then he went on this hot streak with Goodfellas yeah. and Home Alone. Goodfellas, um, he he really brings those scenes together because he just brings. There's just a different uh, element with him there, and he's so believable. That's the thing I was saying. Not to discredit his acting, I mean that in jest, but he doesn't even look like he's acting. He just looks like he's being Joe Pesci. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and then uh, he he you know you can argue and say, well, the same character he played in. And Goodfellas is what he played in Casino. Yeah. And I think that's who he is. You know? <laughs> He's convinced me that's him. You know? And then, you know, actually, Saturday Night Live had a funny bit with him on on, uh, on their show. Um, he's just a great actor. And can do the, the uh, comic relief aspect, too. Sure. Which is amazing. Oh, I mean, you, you talk about that. He, I remember him from, um, oh, gosh. Now the name's going to escape me. It's the, him and Rodney Dangerfield, and Rodney Dangerfield is a photographer, a child photographer mm. in um, in uh, Staten Island. Easy Money. Oh wow! I had not and, thought that another five dollar big yeah, movie. I, I had not thought of that movie in years. I wasn't even sure where you're going with that. He said that title, but you know, classic, classic movie. But yeah, huge Joe Pesci fan. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Kathy Moriarty. If you're listening, give us a call. Well, and the name that I haven't heard you say that I associate that movie with, just the first name, Ray Liotta. I mean, you know. Well, from Goodfellas, yeah. You know, absolutely. wow, Ray Liotta, man. What, that guy, it's again, he's just really believable. Just made him, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I buy into his frustration, his anger, his fear, everything that he's selling in that movie, I buy into it. And he, he you seem to, I mean, that movie covers several years, and, and you see the, the highs and the lows, or what you think are the highs, but they're really the lows, and, you know, kind of when his, we'll say his roosters come back to roost, so to speak, and, and things kind of come back on him and stuff, but that guy is, um, I, I just watched him uh, recently in, uh, with Stallone in, uh, it's not a new movie, but I watched oh, it yeah. with, uh, in Copland. Oh, and, great and movie. Ray Liotta has just become one of my favorite actors, and I uh, like to see him in more stuff, but he's very, very convincing. But I believe him in that in that role right And there. while we're on the shout-outs for uh, calling people, uh, Paul Servino, if you're, if you're listening, I would love to hear from you. I mean, I'm a big fan of 
Paul Servino. Said what that. are we going to do one of these days if somebody does call these? Oh, you know? well, I, actually, we're telling people to call us, but it, uh, emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> emails is probably the way to go. Uh, I've got one more, and this will this will wrap up my list because, like I say, I could go back and revisit this, and we may again. I'll, I'll, I'm in this bin quite a bit, and I may go back and, and uh, hit this again. But this is a movie that I had. Uh, oh, I had three on my list, and, and not necessarily in any order. But I jumped to Willy Wonka because you were there, and I and just love that movie. But this is one of my my favorite all time movies for what it is. So so take it in the context of what it is. 1982. It's it's I almost call it a, a, a rebirth because the original movie is so bad. This is actually a sequel. This was on Blu-ray, seven eighty-eight. Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan. Oh, <laughs> the Wrath yeah. of Khan. If you do not own The Wrath of Khan, uh, we're probably not going to be real tight friends. This is this is uh, where do you start? This is a really cool movie. You know, Star Trek: The Motion Picture comes out in seventy-nine. It's after Star Wars is out, and didn't do well. You know, at all. Didn't do well. Uh, real slow, and I and I like the series, but nothing like I would like the series later on. And you know, I didn't appreciate it. At my age is really what it was. But you know, hey, what are you going to say? Star Wars motion or Star Trek? Don't want to confuse the two because uh, this this is still not Star Wars. But Star Trek: The Motion Picture was flat to me. Didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. But then here they come and they and they just. To me, if Rathacon is not huge, they don't go on to do some of these other uh, big things they do. I don't know if they could resurrect that uh, series at that point. So the crew of the USS uh, Enterprise gets another shot at a great movie, Rathacon. Some some people just refer to it as Star Wars 2. And the, the DVD case I saw in this, I love this. The DVD case actually says right on the front in big letters, it says in quotes, the greatest Star Trek there will ever be. Sweet. And I'm not sure that that's not true. And I love the new movies. I love other movies after then. I, I love Search for Spock. And, and, and I found a, a more of an appreciation for the motion picture, but still my least favorite of all the movies. But how do you beat uh, Wrath of Khan? What, what's your thoughts on that? I love Wrath of Khan. I mean, Ricardo Montalban. I mean, yes. I, I, how, do you, how do you go wrong with Ricardo Montalban? What a great name. Ricardo yeah. Montalban. I mean, the fine Corinthian leather. <laughs> yeah, what that guy? Come on, that guy has lived a life. Welcome but, to Fantasy Island. Yeah, I love him <laughs> in Fantasy Island. You know, he's been in, in just numerous things. Been around a long time. Uh, of course, it brought back Shatner, uh, Leonard Nimoy, who's, who's recently uh, passed. DeForest Kelly is, is Bones, and uh, so on. But I think Ricardo Montalban he he steals this movie. Oh, absolutely! This is his movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. It, it, it doesn't work unless you truly believe in in, in him. Yeah. And, uh, just a, a great actor with a, a, a tremendous career. Um, and they brought that character back from earlier. Where, where yeah. Uh, the the first one it was a, an episode called Space Seed, all the way from '67. That's when that uh, that's when Khan first showed up. Khan's short for this big long name. That that's why I call him Khan. The same reason I am because it's a big long name. But so he's there in '67, and then here they are all these years later, 1982, and they say, "Let's bring this guy back and let's make him con from the past," which is brilliant. And and that character's still around. They're doing all kinds of things. It was actually in the 2013 uh, film yep. uh, Star Trek: In the Darkness, uh, played by a different actor, of course, at that time. But that, that character's still there. And if you will look at it, there is a huge backstory on Khan. Khan has become its own thing, you know. So uh, oh, absolutely. And know. again, I, I don't think that comes to life if if a the the character isn't written appropriately yeah and then 
again. you got to be able to pull it off. But then you got to have an actor who makes that iconic. There are so many things that can go wrong when you are doing something like Star Trek because of the makeup and the costuming and the line stuff where it can come across very, very poorly. Hello, he Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, and, and again, I, you know, I know you, I, 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 you I'm don't. not a hater there, but the CGI is a, is a whole other world. We might have to have something just on the CGI characters. But I thought for years that, that uh, uh, Ricardo Montalban was wearing some kind of prosthetic chest, and I couldn't find anything to verify or to... Uh, oh, no, he uh, was a swimmer. I believe this he guy, was sick, he yeah. was just that fit and everything, but it, but he looks almost plastic in this movie, but he's supposed to be that strong. And he just he comes to life as this uh, almost like a uh, superhero villain. I find myself rooting for the villain a lot in these movies, and... and uh, that's a good villain right there. To oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he he is the epitome of the Star Trek villain. I mean, obviously, uh, you've got, you know, the Klingons and, 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 and a number of... But they're of, usually not personalized to one uh, actor, one character. It's absolutely. more like a, like a species or something in Star Trek. So that says a lot to his credit. Uh, one last thing, and I'll move on from there, but the, the one last thing on him is... Um, and I hope one day we get to do a, an episode just dedicated to the... Uh, Planet of the Apes, I believe we will. Ricardo Montalban also in one of the uh, Planet of the Apes movies and plays a great role there. So I don't want to give away too much on that. Definitely. uh, Definitely one of the things I connect with him. That's the the ones I have right there. Matt, do you have anything else from Ben? Well, we're needing to wrap up here, so I'm going to give you uh, sort of a rapid-fire remainder of the list. Um, Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Bill Murray. Yeah. I, I mean... Uh, funny story about that. I just uh, recently re- heard or read something where somebody met the Dalai Lama, and obviously, you know, Bill Murray has that whole scene about the Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, it was best monologues. Uh, uh, oh yeah. And uh, somebody had asked him if he had ever seen Caddyshack, and he said no. And then later on, <laughs> later <laughs> on, at the end of the 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 conference, he he leaned over to the guy and said, "Un gunka lunka." <laughs> Which is a classic line that Bill Murray says, which everybody believes that that was actually ad-libbed, and it wasn't. It was scripted. And, and Yeah, those are the things that kind of become movie folklore, and yeah. Bill Murray is credited with a lot of things that might not have been his, but I guarantee you his input. He probably not credited on more things, too, like that. You know? So I'm going to round it out with one that I'm very, very, very blown away that you did not have on your list. Mm. The Goonies. The Goonies. Uh, I did see that. You know, they're uh, they're working on a what's not necessarily a reboot. In my understanding, they're working on a, a new uh, movie to maybe take that a whole other direction. I don't know if it's Goonies second generation or what the thought is because it's still very much in the early stages and it may not even happen. But love the Goonies. Uh, again, you just got you got a lot of great. Uh, uh, kid actors in that. Uh, also, who's the one we were saying earlier that was in uh, Gremlins? Uh, also in that movie, Corey Feldman in that yep. movie. You know, had to stop and think. Uh, Corey Feldman went in in every movie. It seemed like at that, that time, Goonies is a great family movie. And then the you had mentioned uh, we were talking about uh, uh, we were talking about the stop or my mom will shoot. But you you had actually said before you come up that you said. Uh, Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah, well, that yeah. is the the Mama on that that uh, movie, and uh, you know, again, it, it that is a on the premise that is a terrible movie that it has everything that would make that movie terrible. But then it uh, it somehow works, and it becomes just this great classic movie. And I love the uh, Cindy Lauper uh, title track. You know, mm-hmm. Good Enough. You know that I love that. Every time that comes on, I think. 
Goonies are good enough, man. That's uh, you know, and the and the kid, I believe he's, uh, I think his character's gadget on there, but I'm not, I'm not real sure. The kid that winds up being a short round and Indiana Data. Jones, Data. yeah, Data, yeah, I don't know, gadget, I, I, I don't know where I'm going with that. That's out there somewhere, but Data, yes. Uh, but I love him as a, a short round, you know, later on. So yeah, that's a that's a great movie. That's where I, I just kind of had to stop on my recommendation because these are great movies, great time to be buying movies. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and. Uh, Again, you know, these. this is our list. Uh, we don't always uh, proclaim to have the best list, but this is our list. Not all-inclusive. A lot of great movies we never mentioned out there. So, once again, if you if you have any feedback or questions or comments, or if you're any one of the people that we've mentioned... Or if you know a celebrity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, or if you're stalking one. No, we're yeah. just kidding. Um, make sure you send us an email. Are you kidding me? Are the letter U, kidding me show at gmail.com. Or tweet us at, at the letter R, the letter U, Kidding Me Show. And always, of, of course, you can find our episodes on www.areyoukiddingmeshow.com or on iTunes. On iTunes, yeah. We want to give a shout-out to uh, Devin Dundee, our producer in the booth. And uh, he does our editing and does a few things for us and does a lot of work in the background. Shout-out to Definitely him. A big uh, shout out you to wouldn't Devin. be able to hear us uh, without Devin, so you can... Uh, you can be appreciative of him or blame him, either one. So, uh, <laughs> we tend any, to blame any uh, cease and desist orders or anything, direct those directly to our executive producer, Devin Dundee. We want to say thanks again for listening. We hope we've uh, at least uh, made you smile once or twice, maybe think. Maybe you're going to go out and uh, have some family time or uh, watch some good movies that uh, maybe this uh, brought to your recollection. Join us in the future for the Are You Kidding Me Show podcast. We'll be uh, releasing them every uh, couple weeks or so. And we hope we haven't left you a scratch scratching your head and asking yourself, are you kidding me? See you next time. Take us out.